Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yo, 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 what up? This is Rocky Asuka Romero of Chaos, and you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frogs. From the Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan here, joined by Muzza Murray Bone. On today's show, we'll be reviewing nights 7 through 10 of the Best of Super Junior 26, answering your questions, and of course, covering all latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe. It's time to get all the podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. This episode of Keeping a Strong Style is brought to you by powerslam.tv. Powerslam TV is an independent wrestling streaming service with over 5,000 hours of wrestling from companies across the world. Use promo code Social Suplex to get your first month free. Also, make sure you check out our Pro Wrestling Tea store, prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong Style t-shirt as well as t-shirts from other shows here on the network. And like you might have heard in the intro, I am not joined by the young boy Josh Smith this week. Uh, some stuff came up, unable to be on the show this week. Um, but filling in for him from our social suplex crew, you might recognize him as Muzza underscore 44 on Reddit or at MurrayBone44 on Twitter. That's right. We got Muzza here. Murray, you prefer to be, should I call you just Muzza throughout or Murray? Does it matter? Um, either works, preferably. <laughs> probably Muzza will be easier. So, gotcha. yeah. All right, Muzza, well, thank you for coming on in and uh, filling in for the young boy. Really appreciate that. You could say it's an improvement. <laughs> oh, shots fired already, man. Uh, <laughs> So, Muzzle, you know, when we have new uh, people on the show or guests on the show, we like to um, kind of find out, you know, how they started watching New Japan, uh, who their favorite wrestler is, and their favorite match. So, let's start. How did you start watching New Japan? 
Right, so first time I ever really fully watched New Japan was Wrestle Kingdom 11. <laughs> 11, what? 11, I had heard about New Japan since Wrestle Kingdom 10 when Nakamura, Styles, and the other two, forget their names already, Giles and Anderson joined WWE, and I was keeping notes on it, but then fully began watching it at Wrestle Kingdom 11, and been hooked ever since, really. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah, man. So, uh, who's your uh, current favorite right now? Uh, I would have to be the. Uh, I would have to be Sonata, without a doubt. Really? Really? Yes. I mean, it was Kenny Omega, but until he comes back, I don't know if he's New Japan or not. So for now, I'm sticking with Sonata. Gotcha. So I'm sure, being a Sonata fan, you must have been very happy with um, his New Japan Cup performance. Uh, yeah, obviously, I was. Oh, I was disappointed he didn't win, but I knew it wasn't going to happen because of it being at G1 Supercard. Supercard, if it was at a Sakura Genesis, then maybe, but... Yeah, if this was, yeah, if this was any other year, um, Sonata definitely um, could have won. But yeah, the whole G1 Supercard thing uh, definitely changed some stuff there. And the fact he's had two heavyweight title shots this year already is incredible for me <laughs> fan, <laughs> fan and i think as much as people think he might not make as a main eventer because he's freelance i think he will be near enough that level yeah it'd be definitely interesting to see how the rest of his year uh looks we know um this week they announced that uh evil and sonata will be at the uh the dallas show so obviously both of those guys are going to be in the G1 Climax. Not sure if they're going to be in the same block or opposite blocks, what that's going to look like. But, yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see um, how he's booked um, during G1. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, your favorite New Japan match of all time? Jeez, that's, a tough, that's a tough one. There's too many good matches, as always. Always, but probably going to have to go with Omega Carter, I think it's four, the one from Dominion. Mm, yes. Dude, I, yeah, we all love that match. That match just just blew everything out of the water, and it's such an amazing match. And, man, like, you want to see what pro wrestling should be like. Omega Carter, that whole series, but definitely – that the final match at Dominion last year was just incredible. Yeah, just it was inc- just incredible watching it, watching it and just finally seeing Omega at win the big one was worth the wait almost. Yeah, if only the vein was as good as it was hyped up to be, but enough about that really. <laughs> All right, man. So we're going to jump into the show. You know, typically we do uh, like the news after we do like our reviews or whatever show we're reviewing. But we had some big news this morning that I don't think we would do it justice if we waited until the end of the show to talk about this. I think we need to talk about this right now. And that's the fact that John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose, will be making his first New Japan Pro Wrestling appearance 
on June 5th in Ryogoku at the best of the Super Junior Finals. Um, he tweeted out um, this morning, you know, the video that we've been seeing um, for the last several weeks now of uh, Knife Pervert 2, uh, the guy in the bar, uh, you know, carving an hourglass into the bar saying time's up. We've seen this video over and over and over and over and over again before Juice matches, after Juice matches, while Juice has been on commentary um, this week. Um, but then Dean, or excuse me, John, John Moxley tweeted out um, a video this morning revealing that he is the guy sitting at the bar. He's knife pervert to uh, the, the hourglass that he's uh, scraped into the bar, uh, revealed that if you spread it out, it, it said Mox. Um, so yeah, man, this is, this is crazy. Absolutely. Like I'm pretty sure no one thought, but I mean, obviously some people had thought about it, but the fact that they, they had the union Jack on and his jacket sort of made everyone think it's someone from Rev Pro, Rev Pro, but obviously it's not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we've been seeing a lot of people come in from Rev Pro lately, you know, recently, um, El Fantasmo, uh, but you know, yeah, the Union Jack definitely threw everybody off. Everybody thought it was Chris Brooks, but then we saw, um, you know, the DDT video that they did, realizing, okay, this is not going to be Chris Brooks. Uh, yeah, and just you know, uh, once uh, Moxley got released from WWE, that we did get some questions. You know, people asking us, do you think that he would come to New Japan, or would he be an option for New Japan? And you know, when we got those questions, I like initially I'm like, ah, I don't think he would go there. I just didn't feel like he he fits the the current New Japan style. Um, but clearly, you know, Gato has other plans, and we we saw Mox um, show up at Double or Nothing this weekend, um, attacking Jericho and Kenny Omega. Um, and uh, Tony Khan did say in the uh, post show press conference that John Moxley is full time with all elite wrestling but until things are ramped up he will be taking um independent bookings and international bookings um he's already been announced for northeast wrestling um and clearly here is the international part of that comment here showing up at new japan pro wrestling um we had a question here on twitter from the gargoyle queen and she says are you excited for uh juice versus mox Oh, absolutely. It's a matchup that I, as far as I know, has never happened before. I don't think these two ever faced off by the time just with CJ Parker and NXT, Ambrose was already main roster. So unless they fought an FCW, I wouldn't know if they have fought. But yeah, that is a match I do definitely want to watch. Yeah, and honestly, I think um, Juice is the perfect first person to uh for for mox to wrestle you know a guy that um can work you know obviously they both speak english and a guy that um can work a similar style can work you know that wwe style at first and kind of get mox you know somebody that i'm sure i'm not sure if they wrestled in, or not but i'm sure they they would be more comfortable with each other and kind of it would be easier for mox to kind of dip it tip his toes in the water wrestling somebody like juice over throwing him in there with you know a Goto or Ishii or Sonata or somebody like that. Yeah, definitely. Should be 
one hell of a match for certain. I've just had a quick look, and it seems to be they have faced off before, but never in a big match. Like they've faced off in a house shows, really, in multi mans. They did have a singles match in a dark show at NXT at Full Sail, which Ambrose won, but apart from that, never on screen. Gotcha. So, yeah, so they've had some familiarity with each other. And so, yeah, I think this will be a good start for Mox. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if they're going to be wrestling on that Best of Super Junior final because so far uh, New Japan has just been promoting it as he's showing up to to face, to call out Juice. So I'm not sure if there's going to be like a a face-to-face kind of thing and he challenges Juice for Dominion or they're actually going to have the match at Best of Super Junior final. That hasn't been really made clear yet. Um, I think either way, I think it works. Yeah, it does work either way, I guess. Dominion would make sense. It's their essentially their SummerSlam. SummerSlam, while... But you also have the fact that the best of Super Junior Finals is in Ryogoku Hall, and you need some big matches to help yeah, promote that-, that show. So it's... Either one works, really. Um, then we had another follow-up question from the Gargoyle Queen. She says, uh, who do you want Mox to face in New Japan Pro Wrestling except Ishii? Because, of course, Ishii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. You've got the obvious. You've got Okada. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okada, Naito, Naito, and Tanahashi. Then I've got ones. I really would want to see Moxley versus Suzuki. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's the top one for me. I think you have uh, Mox and Suzuki just have this straight-up brawl, strong style, hitting each other, chairs, fighting in the crowd, going through tables, just having this crazy brawl. I think that would be an awesome match to sit, to see. And like you mentioned, of course, all those top guys in New Japan, I mean, that's going to be fresh matchups on the top. Um, so yeah, I mean, all those guys, and of course, you know, the Ishii slug brawl is there. Heck, I, I would love to see him versus Shingo in a slugging Ooh. brawl. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone wants a match with Shingo at this point. He's just been so dominant and so good. And then another match you could you could also do is Moxley versus Jay White, battle of the knife perverts. Yeah, yeah, kind of a you know a knife duel. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I remember, I remember seeing this video on Twitter of I, I forget which I don't know what, what movie or TV show it's from, but it's a thing where like thing like it's like pictured on a face of Jay White with a switchblade saying switchblade, and then it's a picture of. Moxie saying that's not a knife pulls out a big knife saying this is a knife (laughs) (laughs) yeah I also see I don't know if you saw on Twitter there's a video it's like New Japan in 2019 there's a little kid like running and the mom's like what do you have in your hand he's like a knife (laughs) 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 oh man so yeah a lot of of knife perverts are are starting to break out now in uh, New Japan Vince Russo was here, he booked a knife on a pole match. That's oh, my, oh my gosh. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, question here from Reddit user Why did you do that, bro? He says, How often do you see Mox wrestling in New Japan? More like the Jericho schedule or the Cody schedule? 
Uh, that is a good question. It's really... I believe it's probably going to be more the Cody schedule than Jericho, in my view. I think because Jericho... With Jericho, I think it's... Diff- is it really different, though? With Jericho... He's not. He's someone who's, you know, in his. You would say the twilight of his career, but the fact that he's still going is incredible, incredible. And so he doesn't have to have as many matches. Moxley, I think, is someone who could easily do a lot of matches. I think he'll probably won't do any road to shows, but I think he'll be there for the big shows without a doubt. Yeah, honestly, I I think it all depends on. The, the AEW schedule. I mean, right now, uh, things are kind of light. You know, he, he's going to have his first AEW match at Fighter Fest uh, in Daytona. Not sure yet if he's going to be booked for Fire the Fallen in Jacksonville. Um, I would think he will be on the August 31st all out. And then they got TV starting in October. So, I, you know, once the TV starts, I feel like he's going to be a lot more busier. And so he might just because of the schedule, wind up with a Jericho kind of spot where maybe he only shows up at Dominion, Wrestle Kingdom, and maybe like a power struggle, you know, maybe three or four big shows throughout the year just based on the schedule. Uh, so I guess I guess we'll have to see, just to, yeah, depending on the workload, what that looks like. Um, so obviously he's coming in here for this June 5th show. And, you know, within our, um, our social suplex group chat, um, there was a question, you know, do you think we could see him in the G1? That is something that I definitely want to see. Now, whether it would happen is the real question, because as we know, Fight for the Fallen is July 13th, and Japan are, New Japan are in Tokyo at that time. So if he's booked for Fight for the Fallen, I don't see him in the G1 at all. Right, yeah, yeah. If he, yeah, he's booked for Jacksonville. Yeah, he, there's no way that he could be in the G1. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, like you, I would love to see uh, Mox in the G1. Um, you know, once again, that's fresh matchups. Um, we already know we we're, we're going to have like four or five open spots just based off of people who've left over the years. So I definitely think, you know, having Mox fill one of those spots could be very interesting, lead to a lot of those um, dream matches that people – want to see and it will just definitely bring um some buzz to um new japan and you know the dallas show um tickets have kind of been chugging along for that if they can announce mox as in the g1 and a part of that tour i'm sure that dallas show um is gonna fill up very quickly yeah definitely though even if he isn't both of the g1 there is probably still the chance he could show up at Dallas in some sort of way. Right. You know, uh, somebody, I think it was a uh, Maserati in our group. He mentioned, you know, or well, my, no, actually it was a uh, Clive. He said, you know, has anybody thought about, you know, Mox attacking Abushi to, uh, you know, as a sign, you know, to get on under Kenny's skin, um, which I definitely think that would be kind of a cool uh, thing to do and start this kind of like cross brand storyline kind of thing would be very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Would. Definitely. And uh, I also think if he's not in the, if he won't be at, in the G1, I could see him defending the US belt at maybe, if he win, if that, if that 
if he wins the US belt, he could defend it at the G1 Climax finals. Could be right. another option. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, bring him in for the finals. Uh, we have a question here from Reddit user Eater of Bread. He says, a couple weeks ago, we thought Chris Brooks was coming to New Japan. We now find out it was actually John Moxley. Can you remember a bigger upgrade than this? I don't think there has been. Yeah, I had a hard time thinking of, like, guys that are supposed to be coming in and you thought it was one person and it ended up being somebody so much better than this. Um yeah, so but, that being so that being said, we did lose Desperado, but managed to get Dookie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that. That was a downgrade. Uh, no, the downgrade, though. I don't know. Some people have felt Navita was an improvement over Flip, so I don't know if that's the closest one you can think of. Yeah, I'm sure. As soon as we're done recording, I'll think of something that's kind of similar. But definitely, this is a big upgrade no offense to chris brooks he's a fine guy but obviously moxley is, is a huge superstar he's shocked the wrestling world by appearing on double or nothing um cutting crazy promos uh, this is definitely a guy that can help them with the western expansion and kind of pick up some of the momentum that was lost with the elite guys um leaving yeah definitely Cool, man. So, any any other final thoughts on on uh, John Moxley? Uh, no, not not really. Happy to see him. He's he was one of my, of course, favorite wrestlers in WWE. He and I'm just happy. Never happy to see him on AEW. Then all of a sudden, I wake up today, and all of a sudden, he's he's gonna be in New Japan, and I'm just like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, he's been crazy. Yeah, man. I wake up. I, get, I wake up, grab my phone, and like just blown up with notifications. I'm like, "What the heck is going on?" And then I see that Mox, <laughs> the video of Mox revealing himself as the guy that's going after Juice, and like wrestling in 2019 is crazy right now. 2019 has definitely been the <laughs> the year of the year for wrestling. I'm pretty sure we've said that for the past couple of years, though. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like every year is like the last. Like in the last like five years, man, like things just picked up more access to great wrestling, different TV deals, streaming services. Now we got, you know, AEW that started, uh, you know, we're going to be talking, you know, this week, man, the, the three Cork and Hall shows from New Japan were just incredible. Uh, I mean, this is, this is a great time to be a fan of professional wrestling. Uh, there are so many options out there for you and so many different styles so yeah man great time to be a wrestling fan absolutely all right man so let's um start talking about the best of the super juniors uh this past week we had uh night seven eight nine and ten um so we're gonna go just like how uh, young boy and i did last week uh we'll start with the a block um, starting at the top ranked guy, working our way down, and then we'll move on to the B block. We'll kind of um, highlight, you know, some of the, what our thoughts on these guys and some of the, the matches they had, because clearly we don't have enough time to uh, break down 40 matches. <laughs> we'll, we'll be here for quite a while, so uh, yeah. we'll try to touch on the highlights of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. 
<laughs> but first, we had a question uh, from Reddit user Rambone Slam Pig. He says, "Do you think this Best of the Super Junior tournament is helping to raise the profile of enough junior heavyweights that the division will be in a strong position, even if Will Osprey or Shingo transition to heavyweight? Do you think that that's what Gato was planning to do?" Jeez, I, that is a <clears throat> definite interesting question. Um, I think it the this tournament has helped raise the profile without a doubt. There's been like so many good matches, good matches so far on this tour. You've had you know Show versus Shingo. Ishimori Dragon Lee, and you know, yeah, we've got these matches that have happened through night seven to ten, and it's definitely, it's definitely helped raise the profile of junior heavyweights. Yeah, absolutely agree, and I definitely think there are certain guys um, that he's been building within this tournament. Uh, you know, obviously Shingo Takagi has been an absolute superstar, but obviously, I mean. He, he's meant for the heavyweight division. So you look at some other guys, you know, uh, Taiji Ishimori is a guy that um, they've kind of been building over the last two years as um, somebody who's going to be like the face of the junior division. Um, they're keeping him strong in this tournament. Um, obviously, you got Dragon Lee, um, a show, man. They are, well, we'll talk about him in a few minutes, but, you know, show is a guy that they, he doesn't have the best win-loss record, but, um, they the way the matches that he's had he's been breaking out and I can definitely see him as a future uh, junior ace of the company. And then you got uh, you know El Fantasmo. I mean they've strapped the rocket on that man and he's definitely going to be um, a big player in the junior division uh, for the rest of this year. Also um, Robbie Eagles is another guy I could see uh, you know as a star in the junior division. Um, so, yeah, I think this tournament definitely did help um, establish um, kind of some of the newer faces and, you know, just um, reinvigorate the uh, junior heavyweight division. Yeah, they've definitely been using their partner promotions like Ring of Honor, CMLL, VevPro, using those partnerships to help bring the best out of a division that has lost, that has lost a lot of guys over the past couple of years, like Beretta, Tai Chi, pretty sure there's others I'm not remembering here. Uh, Kushida. <laughs> Kushida. Kushida. Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, let's uh, start taking a look at the A block here. Um, so in first place and top of the A block, seven wins, zero losses, 14 points, the Dragon Shingo Takagi. Muzza, man, how what are your thoughts been on Shingo? How is this man a junior? <laughs> like, <laughs> this man is just decimating everyone, everyone in this tournament. Tournament, like, of course, he had that bang of a match with Show. Show, then I forget who he faced in the next night. Was it? Oh, it was Teton. That was another decent match, and then he's had. His matches with Marty and Dragon Lee, and they've all been absolute great matches. Yeah, this guy has been on an absolute tear. Um, you know, this week, uh, at night seven, he defeated uh, Marty Skrull. I have that at 3.75. Night eight, he had an incredible match with um, Dragon Lee. I read that 
uh, 4.5. Night 9, he defeated Taka. And then Night 10, he defeated Tiger Mask. Got uh, the Taka match at three stars and the Tiger Mask at uh, three and a quarter. But, yeah, they have created a an aura of around Shingo that this guy is unstoppable. He's a monster. And you mean, you you look at that Dragon Lee match, you know, Dragon Lee's the current IWGP junior heavyweight champion. Uh, You know, if anybody had a chance to, to beat Shingo, it would be, uh, it would have been Dragon Lee, but that was not the case. Uh, But they did have an incredible back and forth match. What do you think about the the, uh, Shingo Dragon Lee match? Yeah, that was a absolute <laughs> amazing match. Amazing match. Shingo just using his size to his advantage. Dragon Lee doing almost anything and everything to try and pick up pick up the two points, but it was not to be. Yeah, there there was just nothing that he could he could do in his arsenal to um uh you know stop Shingo, man. Um but yeah, Shingo just came come off like such a star in this match, and uh, you know Dragon Lee looked great also. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, man, Shingo was just too much, um, and Dragon Lee just couldn't overcome. And like you mentioned, he used a lot of his best stuff and pulled out all the all the pull, he pretty much emptied the chamber on Shingo. Uh, but he just uh, wouldn't go down. And at the end of the day, it seems like Shingo is the uh, superior Dragon over Dragon Lee. <laughs> Uh, and we did have a question here from Reddit user uh, Dragon Lee twenty three. How hyped were you you guys during the last sequence between Dragon Lee and Chingo? God, I'm now trying to remember what that sequence was again. Do you remember what it was? I'm yeah, so blanking out. Uh, my notes here. Um, so uh, towards the end here, Shingo hits the uh, Noshigami and the pumping bomber for a near fall. Uh, then Lee gets a cradle for a near fall. Uh, then a code red for a near fall. He gets a big knee strike um, and does the uh, rebound German. Then another knee strike and then the poison Rana and then another knee strike. But then Shingo kicks out at one. After that flurry, Shingo kicks out at one. Then Lee falls up with another knee strike uh, for a near fall. Um, and then he goes for the Desnukadora but Shingo counters out of that, hits the last of the dragon. Yeah, that closing sequence was amazing. I was losing my mind here in the dojo. Saying that it was just, just incredible. The fact after all of that, Shingo kicks out at one. That is <laughs> just insane. Yeah, man. Yeah, they, Shingo, he's a, he's a juggernaut. Um, at this point in the tournament, Honestly, I wouldn't have anybody beat him. I mean, he has um, two, I believe, two more block, a block matches left. Um, and then uh, the finals, I, I think he just needs to go to the finals undefeated, 9-0. Uh, and uh, Yeah, man, this guy's just been incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I have. It's... I couldn't have. I thought would they make Shingo go and beat go and beat him, but I just didn't think they would. But they've proven me wrong without doubt, without doubt. Because I had, I think in my predictions, I had Shingo, and I think it was like having ending at what I forget which matches, but one I had one ending in a double count out and one being a draw. 
Yeah, it, honestly, I, I, a lot of people I think were expecting maybe they might do a draw or a count out or um, you know thirty minute time limit draw to potentially help somebody else get over and not have Shingo lose. But you know they've been sticking with the plan, and just making this guy a monster and uh, keeping him unbeaten. At, at this point, I don't think it makes sense um, for anybody else to beat him in the tournament. You know the guys that could have beat him, you know Dragon Lee. Uh, Show and Ishimori couldn't get the job done, and I don't think anybody else should be able to. Uh, well, Ishimori, well, Ishimori is, is the last match he's got, if I recall. Yes, that'll be on the uh, the last A block night, uh, Taiji Ishimori. Uh, so speaking of Taiji, he's the next guy uh, we're going to talk about. He uh, has a record of 6-1, 12 points. Uh, on night seven, he defeated um, Taka. I got that at 2.5 uh, stars. On night eight, he lost to Kanamaru. Got that at two and a quarter. Night nine, he defeated Jonathan Gresham. I got that at three stars. And then on night 10 in the main event, he defeated Sho. I have that at four stars. So um, being six and one, um, Taiji Ishimori is still alive. So he, in order for him um, to make it to the finals, he has to win his last two matches. And obviously his last match, like we mentioned, would be against Shingo. So if he could beat Shingo, then they would be tied um, in record. And then because Taiji beat Shingo, he would have the tiebreaker. Um, and that would allow him to go to the finals. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Though Ishimori, he's been, he has been solid throughout this tournament. Tournament, despite the worries of a neck injury, injury by the looks of it, which he's been selling. The loss to Kanamaru, I I did see that coming due to their prior history in Noah, where Ishimori has never beaten Kanamaru. So I sort of felt that was the. If there was one match I saw Taiji dropping two, that was one of them. Yeah, um, you know, I think Taiji Ishimori, uh, he, he's kind of been all right in this tournament. I definitely feel like he, he's been banged up, and I definitely think there is some kind of injury there uh, because he's, he just hasn't been moving the way that we normally see him move. And, you know, even if you look at night 10, that uh, main event would show, I mean, it ended up being a great match, but, um, I felt if he was 100%, that match would have been even uh, better than it was. Um, so it definitely seems like he, he's still feeling the effects of an injury. And I'm wondering if that's why on uh, night eight, that match with Kanemaru was so short. Yeah, no, no, the match with Taka was also noticeably short. I think that only went like six minutes. Yeah, minutes so yeah. Part. Yeah, so he's been having a lot of quick matches, and it seems like they, yeah, have been trying to, you know, decrease the amount of time he's been in the ring. Um, you know, they do have um, day off today and on uh, Tuesday, uh, and then things pick back up on Wednesday. So hopefully with you know, those two days off, he'll be able to recover a little bit and be primed for these last two A-block nights. Um, but, yeah, you know, um, Taiji is, you know, a guy that – Coming into the tournament, everybody was kind of excited to see what he was going to do. Obviously, you figured he'd be on top of the block, which he is. Um, but his performances have just not been where I think a lot of people expected it to be. Yeah, definitely. It's been a, just, not 
Same about the injury that it managed to have sort of suffered a bit, but even with that injury, he's still managing to pull off decent enough matches. Right. Yeah. So I'm not. Yeah, not trying to go too hard on him because of the injury, but um, yeah, like you mentioned, even with being banged up and having injury, he has been able to um, still have some great performances, and I, I definitely think. Um, the match would show um, main event from night 10. I definitely think that would be uh, worth a watch if you're one of the guys that are kind of just, um, you know, cherry-picking this tournament, trying to watch uh, four stars and above. Uh, I definitely think uh, Taiji and show is uh, worth a watch there. Yeah, definitely agree on that. Um, so next up, uh, we have Dragon Lee. He's 5-2 and two with 10 points and um pretty much um dragon lee and pretty much everybody else in this a block are out um are mathematically eliminated from winning the a block um i mean dragon lee could win even if he wins his last two matches he already lost to taiji shimori and he already lost to shingo um and with those guys um having more points than him, like even if they tie, they have a tiebreaker over him. So there's no way that the uh, IWGP junior heavyweight champion here can advance to the A block finals. Yeah. Dragon Lee has definitely, I think he's sort of picked himself up from the first couple of nights because as you said, you rated him and Tiger Mask at three stars, him and Shingo and, and both his matches were Dragon with Shingo and Titan were both four stars plus, so he's definitely had a good, <laughs> a good couple of matches in Kurkin. Yeah, so yeah, like you mentioned, yeah, night seven defeated Tiger Mask. Night eight, we talked about the uh, the Shingo match. We lost Shingo. Night nine, he defeated Teton, and on night ten, he had the night off and got two points due to Taka. Michikinoku um, being injured, and he's actually going to be off for the rest of the tournament. Um, so he got two points by forfeit there. Um, we already kind of talked about the uh, the Shingo match, which was just an awesome main event there um, on that uh, second night from Corking Hall. Um, and, you know, taking losses in this tournament so far to Ishimori and Shingo, you got to think that um, there's probably going to be another Ishimori Dragon Lee title match down the road, and then um, a, a Shingo Dragon Lee title match. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so moving on to the next guy, we have the villain Marty Skrull coming in with four wins and three losses. He has eight points. On night seven, um, he lost to Shingo. On night eight, he lost to show. On night nine, he defeated Kanamaru. And night 10, he uh, defeated Teton. Uh, what have been your thoughts on Marty in this tournament? I know a lot of people uh, are kind of down on him in this tournament. Uh, so what, what, how have you been feeling about Marty? Marty has been a bit of a disappointment. I'm a big fan of his. I remember I've watched him before his New Japan days, so I've obviously I've been a big fan, but it's clear that with his, whatever the hell his deal is with Ring of Honor, it's clear that New Japan don't really have any plans for him, so he's just kind of there. There. Of 
course, his seems to be like his best matches have been matches he's lost with his mat losses to Shingo and Show. Yeah, definitely. And also, you know, I feel like um, in Cork and Hall, I mean, he he's so over. You know, the crowd uh, doing the you know the whoop whoop chant uh, throughout all of his matches, and just um, guy's a superstar. And I felt he kind of um, performed better with that energy from the Cork and crowd. Um, you know, the Shingo match and the the show matches night seven and night eight, I thought were um, some great performances. Um, we started seeing. Um, Brody King started to get, or, or yeah, Brody King started to get involved in some of the matches um, this week. Uh, we saw so after the uh, the Shingo match um, on night eight, he came out all wrapped up and trying to play like he was so hurt from the Shingo match to try and uh, take advantage of Show, uh, which uh, eventually ended up failing. Yeah, that was. No, that's pretty fun, funny for me to watch without that. <laughs> uh, and then the, the match with Kanemaru was also um, had a lot of shenanigans. Um, both those guys trying to cheat and you know out um, heal each other, and uh, you know there's that the spot towards the end where um, Kanemaru um, gets the the whiskey and tries to spit it in Skrull's face, but Skrull uses the umbrella to block. I thought that was a very cool spot. Uh, that eventually Skrull was the one that um, spit the whiskey in uh, Kanemaru's face to uh, get the win there. Yeah, that was a fun spot. Decent enough match, without a doubt. Yeah, and I think we are, um, you know, like you, I'm, I'm a big Marty fan, and I have kind of been disappointed with his run in this tournament so far. Um, you know, he hasn't really had any horrible matches, you know, outside of the, the Taiji match, which was a complete cluster. Uh, but, I mean, he's been having some solid performances, did better this week in the uh, the Cork and Hall shows. But, you know, I can't really blame him for not going all out. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm guessing this is probably his last best of Super Juniors, you know, I, the, you know, the biggest mystery in wrestling right now is when his Ring of Honor contract is up uh, at some point this year. But you, you got to think at some point soon he's going to be um, AEW bound. Um, so I think he's not trying to get hurt right now and still kind of have some good matches. Yeah, that would make a lot more sense. Right. Uh, so next up, we got the octopus, Jonathan Gresham, who's also with uh, four wins and three losses, uh, eight points on night seven. Gresham defeated Teton. I got that at three and a quarter. Uh, night eight, Gresham defeated Tiger Mask. Also have that at three and a quarter. On night nine, he lost to Taiji Ishimori. Got that at three stars. And then on night 10, he defeated um, Kanamaru. Also got that at three stars. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Gresham been so far? Gresham's been on right. Gresham's been on right. It's his debut year, so there's a lot to expect from him. Expect from him, and he's been okay. He's been okay, but I feel like he's. I don't think there's been any matches that really stand out that I can look to look to right now. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. You know, the thing is, Jonathan Gresham, 
He's a very good professional wrestler. Um, his technical skills are great. He's so smooth. And he has um, some good, um, you know, grappling and submission work. But I think the problem here with Gresham, and I think it's not just here in New Japan, it's also in Ring of Honor, is I don't feel like he gets enough time um, to really do what he needs to get done because, honestly, I, ha- I haven't seen a, a Gresham match that's really blown me away. I feel like he kind of lives in the the three to three and a half star range. And I, I feel like it's because he's just not getting enough time to kind of do what he needs to get done in the ring with his style. Um, you know, with, with that grappling style, if, if you go too short, it, it's kind of hard to get into. And also if you go too long, um, it, can, it might get a little bit boring, but I feel like he's, they've, he's kind of been in a too short range. And I feel like, especially in this tournament, um, a lot of those um, ten match nights, yeah, he's hasn't really got much time to work. Yeah, definitely, it's definitely he's not been bad, but he's not been outstanding. Is my overall thoughts on him, really? Exactly. I mean, but one thing I do love um, is just the way that he's been selling the uh, the broken fingers throughout the whole tournament. I mean, he got those fingers broke. What was it like, night one or? Th- three i can't remember but you know night one yeah first yeah night one marty broke his fingers and he's been selling the fingers the whole tournament which i thought was incredible because you know a lot of times uh you know marty does a finger break spot and people don't sell it um that long you know it's usually a, a one max sell maybe a one day sell but uh gresham's been selling the fingers the whole tournament also he's um he's now selling the ribs um, that he hurt, I think, in the match with Tiger Mask, I think it was. Um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and so, yeah. So, yeah, doing a great job selling. I think he's a great technical wrestler. I just think he, you know, he hasn't been really been able to benefit really on positioning on the card. He's been in a lot of opening um, spots or, you know, somewhere around the middle. He hasn't really gotten, like, the semi-main or main event spots to really do stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think going forward for Gresham, I think – whatever promotion and he just needs more time. You know, I heard he had a match in a PWG with Jeff Cobb for the PWG title, which was an incredible matchup. And I saw some highlights from that, you know, there he's getting a long, you know, world title length match. So I just think more promotions just need to give him a chance to uh, go a little bit longer. Yeah, definitely. Despite all that though, I think he is getting over with the, the Japanese crowd, which is a good thing to good thing for him without a doubt yeah they've definitely been taking a liking to him and you know the uh the cork and hall crowd um you can you can call them smarks if you want you know they're very in tune what's going on in the wrestling world and you know that crowd you know they yeah they, they know they know who these people are and so um they, they've heard about gresham and they know about gresham and they, of course they saw him on the honor rising tour um so yeah and I think there's a, a great appreciation for grappling and submission-based wrestling in Japan. So uh, it doesn't really surprise me a whole lot that the uh, the crowd has been taking taking to Gresham. Yeah, and I did actually like his spot during his match with Kanemaru after the match where he tried Kanemaru's and Toy Whiskey and like he nearly spat it out when he first drank him. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Yeah. It was funny because I, I think that was pretty much my same reaction when I first tried whiskey and it was, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, know the feeling. 
so next up we have show uh he's at three wins four losses with six points on night seven he lost to kanamaru i got that two stars night eight he lost or night eight he defeated marty squirrel got that a four at night nine he defeated tiger mask i got that um at 2.75 um, and then uh, night 10, he lost to Taiji Shimori, got that at four stars. What have you been thinking about Cho? Yeah, this has been, without a, a breakout best at Super Junior's form. He's had, he's now had, I think, what, three matches of, three, three four matches of went four stars or above with Shingo, Dragon Lee, Skull, and Taiji Shimori. Boy, and they've all been great for him. So it's definitely been sh- been able to show what he can do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, some people might look at his record and be like, ah, oh, you know, New Japan's not really getting behind him. But if you just look at where he's been positioned, you know, he's had a lot of main events and semi-mains throughout this tournament. He's been having great performances and you know, show in a couple of years, he's going to be the ace of this junior division. And it's it's just a great thing, they've, what they've done with him in this tournament. You know, clearly he hasn't been the focal point like a Shingo or Dragon Lee or a Taiji Ishimori, but he's kind of been that guy that's been kind of getting, being built up um, kind of on the back burner. And obviously they're not going super heavy on pushing him, but just the way that he's in position in this tournament, just you can just see that they have plans for him in the future. Uh, man, like we talked about earlier, that the he had that main event with Taiji Ishimori, that was really good. Um, he did um, suffer, you know, a big upset there on night seven against um, Yoshinobu Kanemaru. They were brawling out in the crowd. Um, Billy Kanemaru suplexed him. Um, in the crowd and then got back to the ring. Um, the, the refs is doing the count. And then like at 18 or 19, uh, Kanamaru pushes, I believe it was uh, Suji. He pushes Suji into show, runs in the ring, gets the, the, the count out win there. Yeah, that's great, great use of a young line there in that maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I... Like, I, I understand why they did it. Like, I, I just was hoping to see, because Show has been having such great performances. I was hoping that this would have been a little bit longer a match and would have, you know, just kept showing that run of having great matches. But I totally understand why they did it. You know, Kanemaru is the heel master. Um, you know, you want people to know that a count out victory can actually happen. Um, so yeah, and just getting over how Kanemaru, how sleazy Kanemaru is, and then it also helps you get sympathy for Show because everybody wants to see uh, Show just do great in this tournament and get as many wins as possible. Um, so while it wasn't you know the match it could have been, it definitely added some story elements into the tournament. Yeah, um, what's your thoughts on his new theme? And I'm, I'm not, I don't know what to think about. It. Part of me does like it, but I don't know if it fits. I, I like the theme, but also if you, I'm not a hundred percent sure if it fits show. Um, you know, it has that very you know video gamey, you know, Mega Man kind of eight bit kind of uh, flair to it. Sounds similar similar to like a uh, TJP's WWE theme, and um, you know, 
I guess, you know, normally if a guy has a video game theme, it's usually it kind of goes with their gimmick or you, you know, they love video games and that really hasn't been brought out with show. So it's kind of weird that he does, he does have like this video game theme music, but I do like it. And uh, I feel like the crowds in um, Japan like it also. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think it does. I think it does. It's a good thing without a doubt, but whether it fits show, have to wait and see. <laughs> Yep, so moving on to Tiger Mask. Um, two wins, five losses uh, with uh, four points. So on night seven, uh, he lost to Dragon Lee. I got that at three stars. On night eight, uh, he lost to Jonathan Gresham. I got that at three and a quarter. On night nine, he lost to Show. I got that one at three stars. Uh, uh, night 10, he lost to uh, Shingo Takagi, and I got that one at three and a quarter. Uh, what have you been thinking about Tiger Mask? Tiger Mask has been there, really. He's, he's just there. Like He's, of course, in the twilight of his career, and and I don't think he has that many, you know, best of so many juniors left in him, but he's he's been fine. Yeah, he, you know, the thing with Tiger Mask, um, especially the last couple of years in these tournaments, he kind of gets the hot start where he'll win like two or three matches in a row. And then he just kind of uh, fades off towards the end of the tournament. That's exactly what we saw here. I mean, he just, he ate um, four losses in a row this week. Um, so yeah, definitely kind of was seeing that, that trend of him kind of fading out towards the end of the tournament here. Uh, and you know, all these matches that he had were good. I mean, nothing spectacular, but, I mean, all uh, passable, um, good matches. And uh, we did see some uh, grumpy Tiger Mask in the Gresham match. I, he was just kicking the crap out of Gresham. Yeah, grumpy Tiger Mask is always the best Tiger Mask, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, made, I made a joke to Rich because, uh, you know, everybody, everybody should know by now that Rich does not uh, I was not a fan of Jonathan Gresham, and I was like, "Man, did you pay off Tiger Mask to uh, to to go hard on Gresham in this match? He was <laughs> kicking the crap out of him, striking the crap out of him. Uh, yeah, it went really hard. And also uh, during the the show match, there was some grumpy Tiger Mask also, and you know, kind of telling the story. You know, even though Show is not a young boy anymore, Tiger Mask still kind of views him as a young boy and we know how Tiger Mask treats young boys. So there was that interesting uh dynamic with that matchup. Yeah. I think Rich just doesn't like, you know, this sort of like Gresham and Zack Saber Jr. style of wrestling. I think that's his well, that that's part of it. Also part of it that uh Gresham's uh with uh Jordan Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, wait, I'm, I'm not getting this joke. Is this, is there heat with Jordan or is it something else? I'm not, no, Rich, Rich, is, Rich is in love with Jordan. I don't blame him. I'm the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jordan's great. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, Tiger Mask has been fine here in this tournament. Clearly, you know, with four points, obviously, he, there's no chance of him um, advancing to this A block final. He's got two more matches left. If he wins both of those, you know, He'll end at four and five and have eight points, and that's not going to do him any good. Um, so, yeah, that, that's pretty much it on Tiger Mask. Um, 
uh, we do have a question here from Reddit user um, Asai Ojimbo. He says, uh, so my wife and I have a big Tiger Mask question. If Tiger Mask 4 retires, who is the best choice for Tiger Mask 5? Who picks a successor? Uh, is it fair to modernize Tiger Mask 5? My preference, or does Tiger Mask 5 embody the vintage spirit of the gimmick? My wife's preference. If there is a Tiger Mask 5, is he fiercely competitive and relevant as a wrestler? Well, this is a big question, and I thankfully did prepare for this question. For this question. So, a lot of people don't, might not know this, but there already is a Tiger Mask 5. Five. It was a MMA fight, former MMA fight called I don't know how you say it, Ikush, Ikushia Minoa. He's he's a Japanese MMA fighter, and he was trained by the original Tiger Mask Satoru Sayama. Sayama and was endorsed to be the fifth Tiger Mask. Though I've not been able to find if he's still wrestling to this day or not. So yeah, there's already. <laughs> In the fifth Tiger Mask, and then there's this other Tiger Mask called Shinsetsu Tiger Mask, who debuted in, I think it was late 2018. I think Shinsetsu stands for, I think it's like original teachings Tiger Mask or something. And he's the other one who's trained by Sayama, though. Haven't heard much from him either, so. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we've had that, that question before about, like, the Tiger Mask 5 numbering, and you, you kind of nailed it on the head there. So um, let's, let's ignore the numbering here and just say a, a new Tiger Mask, whatever number it actually is. Uh, who, who do you think could be the, the next Tiger Mask? That is a good question. I w- wouldn't really know because... There's, there's, there are options. You could easily put a Hirai Kawato, a Ren Navita, or maybe even an Oyamura and just put them in the mask and say, there's Tiger, here's the new Tiger mask. But I'm not entirely certain if we will get another Tiger mask in New Japan, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure either. I mean, there, there's a lot of investment in that gimmick, and it has been obviously going for a very long time and obviously anytime you have a mass wrestler that's a way to sell money and you know there's always a a gimmick you can put on somebody um but they if they were gonna go with a tiger mask um i think it should be um you know somebody coming back on excursion and you know you mentioned several young lines there you mentioned kawato narita and uemura and we know that um kawato i mean he's been on excursion for a while now over in CMLL in Mexico, I think um, a young guy like Kawato coming back from excursion, that would be a great way to kind of introduce him in New Japan as this new um, Tiger Mask and kind of take the, the helm and um, extend that character over. And, um, you know, he, he was already having great matches as a young lion. And I'm sure with what he's learned from CMLL, he'll be great. So that could be that would be my pick. If um, I had to pick one person, I think I would go with Kawato. Yeah, I would probably agree. And it also the other part of the question on who picks the su- successor. As far as I know, I think it's the original Tiger Mask Sayama who dis- decides who gets to, you know, dawn the mask of Tiger Mask. So he's probably the one you'd have to, New Japan would have to ask to see if they can get another Tiger Mask. Right. Um... Also, too, we've had um, 
I think that doesn't really get mentioned a lot. We did have um, Tiger Mask W, that was um, uh, Kota Bushi. They had that new uh, Tiger Mask W anime that came out, and uh, they had Kota Bushi as Tiger Mask W and uh, ACH as Tiger the Dark. Yeah, the, yeah, I forgot about forgot about that. I, I'm surprised they haven't announced a second series for that yet, or whether that's just it. They're not planning on anything, but I haven't heard anything. Um, and then the last part of this question, he's talking about should it should they modernize the next Tiger Mask, or, or should it embody like the the vintage spirit of the gimmick? I think the latter, in my view. I think with a gimmick like this, it's sort of like carrying it's you're carrying on a legacy, a legacy of Tiger Mask. So in my view, it makes sense that you know, in but. I guess you could you could sort of do both in a way, you know, sort of modernize modernize his sort of like moves set, but also, you know, try and keep it like the original sort of like keep it similar to the original gimmick. Right. And I agree with you. I definitely think you should kind of do a blend of both. Like for example, let's say we go with Kawato. Kawato's a very talented guy. And I think you, you, he should have his own twist on the character and should be able to do some of his um, signature moves. But also at the same time, uh, I think it would be cool to still have him use, you know, the tiger suplex, the tiger bomb, um, and use some, some of those kind of key maneuvers that all um, Tiger Masks have kind of used over the years, and especially uh, Tiger Mask 4. Uh, so, yeah, I think it would be definitely cool to kind of mix it up. Definitely – pay respect and homage to the character by using some of the traditional gimmick stuff at the same time, kind of separating himself from the other tiger mask and having his own little flair as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, And also he says, uh, should this new tiger mask be fiercely competitive and relevant as a wrestler? I would say so, because I think, if you look at the history of Tiger Mask, Sayama was quite a big deal when he was Tiger Mask. Then we had, um, it was Masawa as Tiger Mask 2. He helped sort of get himself over using that gimmick. We then had Kanemoto as Tiger Mask 3. And he, I think he, yeah, I think he was the most least successful Tiger Mask. He never won a title as, as Tiger Mask. He, I think he only had it for like two years before losing a mask versus mask match to Liger. But, that gimmick sort of did help elevate him. And as for the current Tiger Mask, the gimmick has sort of made Yamazaki's career, in my view. So it, I'm trying to think here, because my history of New, New Japan, while good, it's not great. I'm not sure. Was Tiger, Do you know if Tiger Mask 4 was ever really that, you know, that top junior during his, like, I feel like from from a booking perspective, he was. I mean, he won back to back best of the super juniors, had multiple reigns as the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Um, from from what I've been, well, from what I've learned and kind of seen, I don't think he was the like the greatest worker at that time of juniors. But um, the company definitely got behind him and pushed him as one. Um, you know, I feel like if if there is going to be a new Tiger Mask that is full time. Is going to be there. He should be um, a relatively competitive wrestler, or else what? What's the point of even doing it? Uh, if they're going to invest time in establishing 
a new full-time Tiger mask. He should be a top guy. And that's why I think, you know, a young guy like Kawato will be perfect. A young guy that's going to be um, super competitive and have great matches and um, can have a great career as Tiger mask. Yeah. I think with, if Kawato was to be the next Tiger mask, I think he would be, he should be able to get himself over using that gimmick, but I also feel like, he, I wouldn't have him be Tiger Mask for the, the whole of his career. I think he would do. I think he'll eventually. He would eventually unmask and just go on as himself and get himself over. Sort of using the Tiger Mask as a sort of launching pad to help get him over. Yeah, definitely. You know, maybe at some point you could have him like lose like a mask first mask match or something, and then going forward he could just be Kawato. Uh, but yeah, I mean, either way, I think if he's going to do it, he should definitely be competitive while under the mask. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so speaking of mask, our next guy, uh, Teton from CMLL, he's currently, um, two and five with four points on night seven lost to Gresham. I got that at three and a quarter on night eight. He defeated Taka, got that 2.75. On night nine, uh, he lost to Dragon League. I got that at four stars. And then uh, night 10, actually, I copied the wrong thing here. Who I, think, I think night 10, night ten he lost to Marty. That's right. Yeah, he lost to Marty Scroll. Yeah. I think I had that at three stars, I think. Um, but, yeah, what have you been thinking about Teton, man? Teton, I, I did. Now, I remember seeing Teton at the junior tag league he was a part of with Dragon League and I very much enjoyed him. Enjoyed him, hoped to see him in Best of Super Juniors and I was happy to see he got announced. Announced, but he's he's just kind of been there really. He's not really done much much. Like his best matches without doubt been with Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee, but apart from that he's just sort of been there. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he's he's pretty much just been a jag man for Mass. Just kind of been there. I mean, he he hasn't had any horrible matches, but really hasn't had any many great ones. Um, just you know, kind of there going with the flow. Um, like you mentioned, the night nine match with um, Dragon Lee, that was um, Teton's best match in the tournament. You know, obviously those guys uh, familiar with each other from CMLL, um, and so able to go out there and kind of do stuff that they've done in Mexico. Uh, and so that being the best match at the tournament, but besides that, I mean, like you meant, like we've been saying, he's just kind of been there. He hasn't really done anything super impressive outside of the dragon Lee match. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't want to see him in another tournament based off this year's performance. Yeah. It's a shame really. Cause I do like him. And from what little of CMLL I have watched, I've enjoyed Teton, but yeah, I don't really. I wouldn't put him in another best of the Super Juniors. Then again, if he does improve, I wouldn't mind, but I think for now, I'd leave him out. Yeah, and like you, I, I have seen some Teton stuff bef- um, in the past. You know, I've seen some stuff in Ring of Honor and CMLL, and I remember watching those matches and being impressed with him, but you know, I don't know what. The, the disconnect here is in this tournament. I'm not sure if it's part of its card positioning, part of it like a language barrier, 
or what the deal is, but he just hasn't stood out at all. I think what hasn't helped him is the fact that Dragon Lee has been so over in New New Japan that, you know, you think if he's great, imagine what Teton can do, but he's just kind of not really done much. And I think, I think being in the, this block where, you know, you've had guys like Shingo, Ishimori and Lee, they've all sort of like been so great that Teton's sort of just not been as, He's not. He's just there. I feel like he's just there to fill out the card, in my view. Like, there's no plan in the future for Teton. He's just sort of right. Yeah, he's pretty much. They pretty much brought him in to be a pin eater. I mean, in these um, these block tournaments, you do need somebody who's gonna um, be eating a lot of falls, and that's exactly what they got um, Teton doing here. Yeah, which is a shame. Shame because you've got guys that could easily take falls but he's just sort of he's sort of like we've repeated he's just been there yeah uh so moving on also with four points two wins and five losses we have yoshinobu kanamaru on night seven defeating show got the two stars night eight he defeated taiji uh, two and a quarter. Night nine, he lost to Skrull, three stars. And night ten, he lost to Gresham at three stars. Uh, what have you been thinking about Kanemaru? Kanemaru, I really like him. Like, I've seen some of his work in Noah, and he's he's shown to be a very good junior wrestler. Of course, he's, those best days are probably behind him now, and he's just sort of – he's sort of there as the <laughs> – Again, similar to Tyrone, just the grumpy old veteran who can pull a shock win out of nowhere, really. Yeah, I think that's kind of hit the role that they had here for him is to kind of be that guy who would play spoiler and upset people, um, especially we already kind of talked about night seven uh, where he um, got the, the count out win uh, from show and stole that win from show by pushing Suji on into show to get the count out. And then uh, we talked about night eight where he, he had that quick uh, roll-up on uh, Taiji Ishimori. So, night seven, night eight, he had a back-to-back wins and had some momentum going there. Those were his uh, first two wins of the tournament. But then, uh, eventually, he followed to uh, Skrull. You know, he tried his antics with Skrull. Didn't work. Lost there. Um, tried stuff. Tried some antics with Gresham as well. Didn't work. Uh, Gresham was able to uh, tap him out with the octopus. Uh, stretch. Um, so, yeah, I thought, you know, Kanemaru is a guy, I think I, I tweeted this out, you know, I think he, he's very good at what he does, um, you know, just being that slimy, despicable heel. And I also think he's a, a solid worker, too, when he wants to be. And, you know, obviously not a lot of people are going to be, you know, talking about Kanemaru just because, you know, he's just – Suzuki Goon kind of tag guy, but um, this guy's really good at what he does. Yeah, right. I don't see him. It's just, I think he's he's been very successful, like in Noah and in Old Japan. But I think he was never really involved that much with with New Japan. And by the time he did come along, he's sort of in the he's sort of like slowing down a bit. But he's definitely good enough to be a tag guy. But I do not see him winning the. Junior heavyweight title anytime soon. Yeah, I don't see that either. But uh, you know, I definitely think in these tournaments, like he ha- he does have a role. 
and you know he he might not be having you know a match of the night and he's not uh, he's probably not going to be getting a title shot anytime soon uh but he's good at kind of being that sleazy heel that guy that's going to be pulling out all the tricks you know the the whiskey using young boys roll-ups kind of rep distractions he's gonna um, find a way to beat you and then when it, and he, when it's time for him to go, he can he can go, and he's he, he has a, had a couple of great matches in this tournament. Uh, so you know, I actually have been pretty impressed with him so far in this tournament. Yeah, I've been impressed. Just it's just, it's just that the results haven't really went his way, really, which is fair enough, really. You know. Yeah, definitely one of those guys. He, he's going to be a spoiler, but at the same time, he he himself is not going to rack up a bunch of points. Uh, yeah, definitely. Then last but not least, we got his uh, Suzuki Goon stablemate, uh, Taka Michinoku, who has uh, zero points, who is zero and seven. And due to a leg injury, he is out for the rest of the tournament. Um, so the last two opponents that he will be facing will be getting um, automatic two points uh, due to forfeit. Uh, night seven, he lost to Taiji, got that two and a half. Uh, night eight, he lost to Teton, got that two, seven, five. Uh, night nine, he lost to Shingo, got that at three stars. And then um, night 10 is where he had, where he was injured. So Dragon Lee got the win by forfeit there. What have you been thinking about Taka? Taka, he's sort of another one. He's He was definitely put in this, into this tournament to take losses and put pe- put people over. And it is a shame that he had to pull out with the injury because I think he – I don't think he was going to – I don't think he was going to end the tournament with no wins. I think he maybe would have had one win, one win at least. But unfortunately, he's suffered that injury. So, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate. Yeah, you know, I've I've also ta- I've also been impressed with Taka too. I feel like you know normally we see Taka as a manager, or you know he'll he'll be in multi man matches and not really do a whole lot. But I thought he has been doing really good in this tournament. And you know, I think for him, I think a lot of his matches were you know opening matches and were really short. Uh, I feel like if he had some longer matches, they might even be better than what they were. But I thought you know he was looking good, especially in that that Taiji Ishimori match. Uh, they a lot of grappling there. Um, the the Shingo match, I felt like he was just trying to throw everything at Shingo as as qu- quickly as he could to try and get the win. Um, and I, I believe that's the match where he he hit a uh, golden triangle moonsault, which um, caused the leg injury. Yeah, yeah, that definitely that was a shock move. I didn't expect him to pull off, and clearly it. A match, maybe a movie shouldn't have pulled off because now he's oh injured. And with that, I'm, I'm I've been thinking for a while. Will we see Taco in another best of the Super Junior tournament? I'm not certain at all. Yeah, um, yeah. This this might end up being his last uh, best of Super Junior. Uh, but if it is, I mean, I think he went out well. I mean, obviously, it kind of sinks that he. Uh, went out with an injury, uh, but in the matches he had, I thought he looked really good. And like I mentioned, the, the Shingo match, um, you know, he w- was using all, all the heel tactics he could and 
was trying to um, take advantage of Shingo, but eventually, you know, Shingo just mowed him down. But, you know, when he pulled out that, that golden triangle, I was like, what, what is he doing? Like, I, that was the last thing I expected to see uh, Taka do. But once I saw him land, how he landed on his foot, I was like, oh, man, that didn't look well. And then, yep, turns out that he's now out for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, that's what shit. That's a shame for him to go out that way, but he is, you know, he's not, there's no plans for him to, you know, challenge for the junior title anytime soon. You could put him in a tag title match occasionally, but for now I think he's trying to stick to just being Zach's manager, really. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, not too bad a run here for uh, Taka. All right, so now we're going to be moving on to the B block. And the man that's currently on top of the B block is El Fantasmo ELP. He has five wins, two losses with 10 points. On night seven, ELP defeated Osprey. I got that at four and a quarter. Night eight, ELP defeated Narita. I got that at three stars. On night nine, uh, Rocky defeated ELP. Got that at 4.5. And then on night 10, Yo uh, has defeated ELP with, uh, I give that three stars. So what do you, what have you been thinking about El Fantasma? I am definitely a big fan. I've watched him in RevPro before. And I think unlike Josh, who seems to not be a big fan of him, I am a big fan. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, I I have I did not really seen much of him. Um, I've heard about him and seen some clips from Rev Pro, but I've never really saw anything like a full match until he came to New Japan this year and um, that tag match with him um, and Taichi against uh, Dragon Lee and Osprey. It was pretty much my first like full Phantasma match, and I was completely impressed with him and that match. And then this whole tournament, I thought I think he's been great. Uh, he's so he has so much charisma, and they're doing this great job of just making him this just sleazy douchebag jerk that you just want to punch in the face and see him fail. And he's just so cocky and so over the top. I think he's been doing some great character work here. Um, like I said last week, I'm, I'm, I, I get some Prince Devitt vibes from him. And, uh, you know, Chris Charlton agreed with me there you, on, a, on commentary, just kind of talking about the similarities between uh, ELP and uh, Prince Devitt. You know, honestly, like the way that he's been building him and the way that he's gotten over, like if Jay White were to leave the Bullet Club, I, I could see Elvin, Elvin Tasmo being the leader. Yeah, you could. I could see that, though. It'll have to wait and see. I don't think Jay White's leaving anytime soon, but with who knows what could happen in wrestling. Wrestling, I think, when I first heard he was, when I first saw the vignette of him planning to, of him joining the Bullet Club, I thought it was a bit of a weird choice because he is a babyface in RevFo, but by God, he has. Made, he's made me hate. Somehow he's made me hate him. Hate him with this heel persona he's been doing and during this tour. Yeah, you know, uh, night 
uh, seven, he had the big match with Will Ospreay in the main event. It was a very important match here in this block. I thought it was a great main event. There was so much energy from the crowd from this match. Um, you know, ELP was kind of attacking um, the neck. Obviously, Ospreay's had a serious, uh, you know, history of neck injuries, and Fantasmo uh, focused his attack on the neck and. We had a you know great closing stretch with a lot of counters and uh, near falls. Um, we did have um, towards the end uh, the the ref distract the ref bump and he was able he ends up um, hitting a low blow. Um, Cray Osprey eventually hit the cutter and hit the uh, CR two. Uh, you know, I probably would have went a little bit higher on this match if it wasn't for the uh, the screwy finish. Yeah, <laughs> so I got distracted there a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he's been, yeah, he's definitely been pulling off these similar heel tactics to Jay Jay White with the ref distractions and. I loved the. I did love the spot where in in his match with Rocky, where they did the Eddie Guerrero spot, where with the title, and that was definitely fun to watch. Yeah, I mean that that whole Rocky or Merrill match was just fantastic. Um, that was uh, the main event of uh, it was yeah, the main event of night nine. Um, and, you know, people might be like, you know, why, what is Rocky doing in the main event? Oh, you know, he's probably going to lose. But this, this match was really, really great. And they told this story of Rocky as, you know, the, the aging veteran who, you know, trying to have one, you know, one more great best of super junior run and kind of proving to the world that he can still go. You know, a lot of people doubting Rocky. Why is Rocky in this tournament? Uh, and so he's kind of fighting for his pride here. And, um, you know, Rocky, they did a great job in this match of getting sympathy on Rocky, getting heat on ELP. And, you know, throughout the whole match, Rocky was working the arm. Um, and then, of course, you know, you had all the, the ref kind of bump shenanigans um, towards the end. But eventually, Rocky was able to lock in that arm bar and El Fantasmo tapped out. Uh, yeah, that was a brilliant match. And of course, we'll get to Rocky soon enough. But that was a great. That was a great match. Great match about that. One of Rocky's, probably one of Rocky's best singles match matches he's had in a long time. Yeah, and uh, you know they they were also teasing um, a tie limit draw here. The match ended up being twenty eight minutes and fifty seconds. Uh, so, yeah, they were teasing that this could end up, you know, 30-minute draw, but eventually uh, Rocky was able to tap him out. You know, this is the first time that Rocky was in the main event in Cork and Hall. So this is a really big moment for him. Crowd was red hot behind uh, Romero. Uh, you know, Rocky was pretty much doing whatever he could to kind of win. And like you mentioned, you know, that they had the Eddie Guerrero spot, which was cool. Um and just a lot of great stuff. You know, they did have some you know, shenanigans with the ref bump and some low blows and stuff, but I thought it played in to the story of this match better than it did in the Osprey match. Um, so, yeah, Rocky gets a big win. We have Sho and Yo coming down to celebrate with him, and um, he gets to cut the closing promo. 
and picked up a big upset win on the guy on top of the block. Uh, yeah, definitely. And definitely a big win for Rocky. And it made ELP shows off more of his heel character. Character of Adele. Right. And then that kind of led into night 10 where ELP is facing um, Yo and not quite as cocky as he's been. He, he, he seemed to be, you know, very frustrated and um, a little bit more focused in on Yo. But then as the match kind of played out, he started getting a little bit more cocky and kind of overlooking Yo. And Yo was able to pull a fast one on him there and get the win. So ELP taking two surprising losses back-to-back. Uh, back. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah, had to. Lo- I think he he had to lose at some point, without a doubt. And I think it kind of makes sense him. And yeah, these are two guys. Uh, he also uh, will definitely help elevate them, and could potentially lead to a, lead to a Rev Pro British cruiserweight title match down the line. Right, and they they have had um, history. Well, um, ELP and Rocky have had history in Rev Pro for that the uh, the British Cruiserweight Championship. Um I believe they've had like two or three matches in Rev Pro and Phantasmo beat Rocky in the uh the the British J Cup and also in a title match. And so we know that Rev Pro uses a lot of New Japan guys. So we could be seeing Phantasmo defend that British Cruiserweight title against Rocky and Yo um in future shows in Rev Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Should be. Will be cool to see those matches happen at Rev Pro. Found out. Then we had a we had a question here from Reddit user Rambone Slam Pig. He says, "Have your thoughts on El Phantasmo change as the tournament has progressed? Did the matches of Osprey and Rocky answer some of the criticism about him?" Um, so I, I feel like this question probably was targeted more towards Josh because I, I've been loving Phantasmo. And uh, last week I said on the show, you know, I feel like this uh, this week in Corken Hall was going to be kind of the big test for him, having uh, two main event matchups and just kind of seeing how the Corken crowd would react to him. And uh, the Corken crowd loved him. This guy was a star, man. You talk about, you know, the light-up jacket entrance. He's taking people's hats and throwing them, and they're so into people – laugh when they get their hat thrown and are so into it and he just came up came off as a mega star um in cork and hall and then he had those incredible main events with rocky and osprey and just really established himself yeah definitely definitely he's proven many he's probably has proven many critics wrong i love the during the first couple of nights where he was just, you know, basically flipping off kids pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a question here from Twitter user at Twitter ain't shit. He says, do you guys think El Fantasma will beat the Bullet Club what Jay White was to chaos? I don't think so, really. I mean, I'm not sh- <laughs> I mean, at first I thought, I've never, as I said, at first I thought Phantasma doesn't really fit in Bullet Club because he's a baby face, but he's certainly proven that he can play a heel. So I'm not sure if he's really going to be similar to what Jay White is to Chaos, was when he was in Chaos. 
Well, I, I think what um, he's pointing to is just um, some of the stuff that happened with Robbie Eagles, who's actually the next guy we're going to be talking about. Uh, so let's talk about Eagles. And I think that question is going to kind of play in here to what happened between these two guys. So Robbie Eagles is also 5-2 and two with 10 points on night seven. He defeated Taguchi. Uh, I got that 3.5 stars on night eight. Uh, he lost to Bushi. Got that at three and a quarter. Night nine, he defeated Doki. Got that at three and a quarter. And night ten, he defeated Will Osprey. Uh, what do you have? What have you been thinking about Eagles? Um, yeah, Eagles has been very good. He's before. He's gone a lot more points than I expected him to. And he's certainly been a very – he's been good. He's been usually gained, gained that, you know, that roundabout three-and-a-half to four-star range, which is always good to have. And he's 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 having a definite breakout tournament. Well, it's his first tournament, so. Yeah, definitely. You know, he, he came in to, you know, the, the Super Junior Tag League tournament. It was just kind of fine, and he's been kind of just fine and – all the other matches he's had in New Japan, but he is really breaking out in this tournament, and he's been having a um, a lot of great matches, a lot of good performances here. Um, and definitely, the highlight has was um, night ten here, uh, where he defeated uh, Will Osprey in the main event. Um, you know, they had a great matchup here. There's a, there's a lot of history between Osprey and Robbie Eagles. Um, you know, they had matches together in Australia and um, you know how Osprey used to wear like little flags around his tights. Well, he ripped off like the Japan flag and gave it to Eagles pretty much saying, you know, eventually I, you know, I think you're good enough to be in new Japan. So at the beginning of the match, Eagles like handed that flag back to Osprey. Osprey tucked it away in the boot. Uh, but you know, they had a great back and forth matchup here and, um, Towards the end, we had um, Al Fantasmo coming out, and he wasn't really just out here to support Robbie Eagles. He was out here to try to ensure that Will Ospreay lost because at this point, so Fantasmo has beaten Ospreay, so if those guys tie at the end, Fantasmo has a tiebreaker over Ospreay, so he needed to make sure that Ospreay had the same record as, as him and that was his intention here to make sure that Robbie Eagles won this match. So he came out um, towards the end of this match here, uh, distracted Osprey. Um, he went for a shooting star, um, but he got needs by Eagles. Eagles gets a near fall. Then we get a ref bump. Red shoes is down. Um, Osprey goes for the Oz cutter, but Fantasmo hits him right in the knee um, with a chair, the leg that. Um, Eagles was working over the whole match. Um, and then you, you can kind of see the breakdown here. And I think this is what um, at Twitter ain't shit was kind of getting to. Um, you can kind of see Robbie Eagles not being happy that uh, Fantasmo did that. Um, but eventually, you know, he hits the 450 on the knee, falls up with the Ron Miller special, and then Osprey has to tap out here. Um, so, yeah, we've been kind of seeing this interesting relationship between Fantasmo and Eagles. You know, they had their matchup against each other last week in which, you know, 
ELP just went all out and cheated and wrestled dirty um, and beat his friend there. And then here we see him, him, you know, helping Eagles, not just to make sure Eagles won, but to make sure he's in a better position um, in the tournament. So I think we're kind of seeing this dynamic, like is ELP kind of like a too much of a heel for Bullet Club? I'm cu- I'm curious to see if this does go anywhere. Anywhere, I think overall, I think I think the reason why Eagles was pissed is because he has you know history with Osprey, Osprey, which is the main reason he's pissed. So I have to wait and see if anything does become of this. Yeah, uh, we had a question here from Reddit user Mookie fifteen fifteen. Where do you think they're taking Robbie Eagles? It seems to be that they are building him to break from Bullet Club, and he's definitely shining a lot more than he did in the tag league last year. Is he being set up for a singles run, possibly as a face? You could do that. I feel it's. I feel it's a bit too soon to be pulling this, considering he just. He literally just debuted in near the end of 2018. So it could something that could linger on for a while and then could lead to this. Lead to him getting pushed. I think no matter what, he Eagles is someone who could easily get a push and could be a future, have a singles run. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel he does kind of come off very well as a face, especially if you look back to like the – El Phantasmo match that he had. He was clearly uh, the face in that match. And I I feel like with the style he wrestles, uh, I think he would do very well as a babyface and kind of break off from Bullet Club, especially now with Phantasmo in Bullet Club and the way that they've pushed Phantasmo. That kind of makes Eagle like the, the third Bullet Club junior. And so if you, if you want him to break out, I think he eventually kind of has to get out of Bullet Club to uh, break out and go singles. Um, then we had a question from Twitter user at JazzKeegan13. says, if Robbie Eagles seemingly on his way to a face turn, could he be a regular player in the junior heavyweight title scene? Yeah, I could definitely see him being a future being a player player in that title scene I think Australia is a bit of a bit is a place that I think New Japan clearly want to you know invest in a little bit and they're looking to use that do that via Robbie Eagles Eagles so it would make sense for him to pick up the possibly win the junior tight heavyweight title and that could lead to maybe more partnerships with Australian promotions in the future. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. We, we see what we got the, uh, the Southern showdown tour coming up. Um, Australia is definitely that, that whole area there, New Zealand, they definitely want to um, kind of make that one of their quote unquote territories and somewhere they tour consistent consistently. So you need, you know, a, a, a star from that country to, um, help draw tickets and so I think Eagles is a perfect guy to, to do it with um, and I definitely can see him you know getting some more tours in New Japan after his performances in this tournament um, whether he stays a bull club or not but I, I think the money is with him as a baby face 
Yeah, definitely. That he could. I think he will work as a babyface, but for now, I think he'll probably will stick with Bullet Club. Yeah, I have been hearing that the Robbie Eagles Bullet Club T-shirts are like selling the most currently right now, out of all the Bullet Club shirts. Really? Wow. Then I, I, yeah, I don't think I remember hearing that on Reddit that he's his shirts are definitely getting popular, which is. Which is a sign to say that he'll most likely sh- will for a while stick with Bullet Club. Yeah, you know it's kind of it's it's hard to kind of leave that Bullet Club money, um, but yeah, you know he's he's a good looking guy. The girls like him. Uh, I think eventually he could be a babyface, but yeah, kind of with the whole the whole Bullet Club thing. Maybe there is him there a little bit longer. Maybe they they kind of do. Maybe it's a kind of a slow build. And maybe eventually we'll we'll get maybe like a bigger ELP Eagles match on a bigger show kind of thing with him breaking off. Yeah, definitely. So next up, also with ten points, is Risky Taguchi. Five wins, two losses. On night seven, um, he lost to uh, Robbie Eagles. On night eight, he defeated Rocky Romero. I got both of those at three and a half. On uh, night nine, he lost to Bandito. I got that at three and a half. And then on night 10, he defeated Ren Narita, and I got that at three stars. What have been your thoughts on the coach, Taguchi? Taguchi's been good. He's He's been – he's had a very hot start. He had a very hot start with three main events in a row for him, and he's sort of slowing down – he has sort of slowed his – he has slowed down a little bit in a way, but he's still, you know, definitely one of those guys who could potentially still win this tournament. Of course, I think he still has his. I'm trying to remember. Remember, he he hasn't faced ELP yet. Right, he, he hasn't, hasn't faced ELP or Osprey yet. Yeah, so he's sort of the third, the third man in that could potentially reach the finals finals if he wins both his matches right he ha- he has a really good shot especially facing two guys he's tied with right now to get into the finals and you know i'm sure if uh josh was here he- he'd be taking a victory lap because at the beginning he did mention that you know taguchi would be in the mix and potentially be somebody that could be a player to go into the finals um so yeah, you know, being tied with he's tied with Eagles, ELP, and Osprey. So yeah, if he can beat Osprey and ELP, that that would be his way of walking into the finals. Yeah, definitely. He's a guy that, even though he's been sort of you know a comedy goof, he is someone who can. I think he can still go and go and be one of those you know, one of the Japanese fan fave fan favorite that could I think he could probably win the junior title one more time if they plan on doing that yeah he's been very good in this tournament you know he's he's kind of been in that like three and a half uh four star range this whole tournament and just been having some very good um entertaining matches and uh you know I, I know a lot of people don't really like the whole 
to Gucci, you know, stick and the whole, you know, hip attack routine. But um, when he wants to, man, he can be, he, he's a solid worker and can really go, you know, we talk about big match to Gucci all the time. Well, we've gotten a lot of that in this tournament. And yes, there has been some comedy, but he's still been having some very good matches. Yeah, he has. He's been very impressive. As we all know, And when it comes to best of super juniors, you get you can get serious to Gucci, and he's certainly been showing that, but also mixing in a bit of the comedy to Gucci that people either love or hate. Yeah. You know, um, night, night eight against uh, Rocky, they kind of had the uh, coach versus coach match, and of course, Taguchi came out with the rugby gear and the rugby ball, and uh, Rocky comes out in a basketball jersey and has a basketball. Um, then it, they kind of start playing basketball in the in the ring, and Taguchi decides he has a bright idea that he'll be the basketball hoop and tells Rocky to you know try and make a basket. Uh, basketball ends up hitting Taguchi. He falls off the turnbuckle. Rocky gets the, the the basketball back and does like a a diving splash, pretty much, and like dunks the ball off of Taguchi. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus! Yeah, that was funny. Though I when I first saw, it, I thought I thought he was gonna do something like he would attempt a slam dunk, but sort of like you know pull Taguchi off the top off the top rope or something like that. But uh, yeah, they did was <laughs> what they did instead was much more funny in my opinion. Yeah, so that was a good little, you know, funny match. And it was the battle of the coaches. And, of course, Taguchi ended up getting the win there. And But at the end, they kind of shook hands and did the Team Taguchi Japan pose. So, once again, we're kind of seeing the blending of Chaos guys and Sekigun guys and Taguchi Japan guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, next up, we have... Um, the aerial assassin Will Ospreay, who's also with five wins and two losses, ten points. Uh, night seven, he lost to ELP, uh, got that four to quarter stars. Uh, night eight, he defeated Bandito. I have this at four point seven five. This is uh, my favorite match of the tournament. I think it's the best match of the tournament. Uh, night nine, he. Uh, defeated Ren Narita. I got that at 3.75. And then on night 10, he uh, defeated or he lost to uh, Robbie Eagles, and I got that at four and a quarter. What are you been thinking about Osprey? Osprey, of course, he's been absolutely brilliant. That match with Bandido, definitely one of the – Definitely in contenders for what being one of the matches of the tournaments. I still have a more, I still think Shingo shows the better match, but this one, it, ne- it nearly made me change my mind without a doubt. Yeah, man. This, this Bandito Osprey, you know, I, I got a chance to see them wrestle each other live in New York at the WrestleCon Super Show, and that was fire. But this match was just great. I was losing my mind in the dojo watching this match. It's a stuff they were doing um uh you know hit bandito you know he hasn't been looking the best in this tournament um but this match um totally changed everything up it was just amazing what they were doing in there and just uh you know must see action and this match was better than the WrestleCon match it's a match like everything clicked between both of these guys the crowd was red hot action was great um high pace ton of drama 
um, you know, great closing stretch. I mean, throughout this whole match, you're questioning whether Osprey or Bandito would get the win here. And, yeah, I definitely think it, it's – well, for me, it, it's it's my match to tournament. And I know a lot of people think that um, Shingo and Dragon Lee was better. I know a lot of people think Shingo and Sho was better. Uh, but for me, I, I got this at 475. Yeah, it is definitely a good, good match. I think the differences between Shingo Show and Osprey Bandito is the styles. I think Shingo Show is more strong style, while Osprey Bandito was more t- your typical junior heavyweight match with all the flips. Yes, all the flips. This was this was a Rich Ladder special right here. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, dude, just just the stuff that they were doing in this match was just absolutely bonkers. If you have not seen Will Ospreay versus Bandito, after you're done listening to this podcast, you need to watch that match. It's insane, um, and yeah, just 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 absolutely phenomenal matchup. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, so next up, we have uh, Bushi with four wins, three losses. He has eight points on uh, night seven. Bushi defeated uh, Doki on night eight. He defeated Robbie Eagles on night nine. He defeated Yo, and on night ten, he defeated Bandito. Uh, Bandito match got three and a half. The Yo match got three. The Eagles match got three and a quarter, and the Doki match got. 2.75. Oh, do you mean thinking about uh, Bushi here? Bushi, someone I've as I'm in the I think I'm in the minority here. Why I actually like Bushi, I think there's clearly something in something there. The fan, the Japanese fans, absolutely love him. There's, I don't think there's not been a show where I haven't seen a bo- someone in a Bushi mask. Mask, and I think he's definitely had a. He had a slow start at the start of the tournament, but he's been on he's been on fire. He's not had any great matches. In my view, his best match was, as you said, the one with Bandito. But he's been he has had a good four nights. Yeah, definitely had a good little week here, picking up uh, four wins. And you know, we talked about Tiger Mask earlier, where Tiger Mask is usually a guy that. Picks up a lot of steam in the beginning and then fades out towards the end. Well, Bushi is the opposite. In um, if you look at Bushi's tournament records, he usually loses his first three or four matches and then picks up steam at the end and gets you know four or three wins in a row. And that's exactly what we've seen here with Bushi. Started off slow, had three losses in the beginning, and now back-to-back-to-back-to-back here, just picked up uh, four wins. And like you mentioned, you know, nothing stand out or, you know, completely great about his matches. He's been having, you know, he's had some very good matches. Obviously, the, you know, the Bandito match, um, I think, you know, one of the better matches that he's had uh, in the tournament thus far. Um, And, you know, um, with – him getting um, a win over uh, Robbie Eagles, um, you know, he he's actually still has some potential of possibly winning the bo- winning the block. It's uh it's very unlikely that it would happen. Um, I mean, but there are situations if certain people 
lose from the next two be block nights and he keeps winning that he could potentially win the block but i i find it very unlike very highly unlikely that that's gonna happen yeah as much as i as much as i bushy i don't see him winning the block he's he's sort of since bringing in haroma and shingo to lij shingo no bushy is now pretty much just he is technically the fall guy for LIJ, but he's just sort of, you know, the extra man, and he's just been. He's he can still. I can see him still challenging occasionally for the junior title, junior tag, tag. But for now, I think he's. I think he's happy where he is right now, just being sort of in the mid card, really. Yeah. So also at six points, uh, tied with uh, Bushi is uh, Yo. Or excuse me, with tie with eight points is Yo with uh, four wins and three losses. So on night seven, Yo defeated Rocky Romero. I got that at three and a half stars. On night eight, Yo defeated uh, Doki. I got that at three stars. On night nine, uh, he lost to Bushi. I got that at three stars. And then at night ten, he had that big upset win over ELP, and I got that at three stars. What have you been thinking about Yo? Yo has certainly. It's similar to show he has. This has been a bit of a breakout. He had, at the start, he had that brilliant match to Gucci, and then he had that great match with Osprey. He has sort of slowed. He has sort of slowed down a bit, but he's been picking up wins, which is the main thing, and he's definitely showing that he's more than just the Marty Janetti of Bonnie 3K. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's been having some very good matches and um, picking up some surprising wins. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting the way that they book Sho and Yo. Um, you know, last year they both ended up the same amount of points. And uh, right now, uh, Yo has a little bit more points than Sho, but I'm pretty sure they'll probably end with the same amount of points. And it's very interesting, even though, you know, a lot of people – talk about show and how great show is and he's going to be a future junior ace new japan has consistently kind of booked them on kind of even playing fields and kind of sees them at the same level yeah yeah def- definitely uh, even though right now yo has more points than show i believe i think that won't be i think show i think they'll finish equal again and then they'll continue the usual stuff with the junior helping the junior tag division. Yeah. Um, and you know, yeah, yo, he's had, you know, some good performances this week, kind of in that three star, three and a half star range. Uh, the, the best match that he had this week was on that night seven match uh, with Rocky Romero. Yeah. Um, so, and also there is with him also being at four and three, um, like Bushi, there is a very rare chance that Yo could uh, win the B block. Um, you know, he has the, that big upset win over ELP, which would help him. Um, so he would really need, you know, guys like ELP and Osprey and Bushi to lose um, their upcoming matches in the last two nights uh, for him to have any chance of potentially getting into the B block finals, but it's, it's a very, very rare chance um, doing that of that happening. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, 
especially because um, you know with Osprey, um, I think his last two matches are with uh, Doki, uh, Doki and uh, yeah, Taguchi. So I mean, yeah, that Osprey Taguchi match is going to be one that um, you know I don't expect uh, Doki to beat Osprey. Um, but, you know, I, I know we kind of passed Osprey. There was I just thought about there's one thing I kind of want to ask you. Are you kind of surprised that Osprey has um, taken two losses in this tournament? Uh, I, I don't think so, Vale. I think I don't. I don't think they want to have in the both blocks two guys that sort of steamroll the competition, steamroll through the block. So I guess it makes sense. Um, it's the two losses he's taken are to two guys he's has come feuds with, of Phantasm and Eagle. So I guess it makes it does make sense for that to happen. Really, so I'm not really surprised that he has taken losses. Yeah, uh, you know, at at first I I was kind of a little surprised just because you know, uh, coming into this tournament he's he'd be in so many heavyweights and there's a lot of rumors about him going in the G1 and initially my mindset was you know, well if he's a heavyweight now he he can't be losing to to juniors, um, but you know clearly he's still in that kind of in between junior and heavyweight and I think that. Um, they're they're using him now to put over guys that they want to kind of be the new stars of the junior division. So I feel like the loss to uh, ELP and to Robbie Eagles uh, definitely helped establish both of those guys. And it's kind of letting the fans know, like, hey, ELP and Eagles are going to be kind of the players in the, the junior division once Osprey um, makes the full transition to heavyweight. Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm still trying to think. I'm trying to think whether he will fully transition to heavyweight or whether he will stick to this role where he's sort of in between. But I think the most likely thing is he'll be going heavyweight. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what they do. Like, if he kind of stays like an like open weight kind of wrestler. Um, I know a lot of people are clamoring for him to be in the G1 Climax this year. There's a lot of rumors that he will be in the tournament. Uh, I hope he is. Um, but, you know, nothing's 100% sure. I mean, based off last year's um, uh, participants, we got about, like, I believe, like, four or five uh, empty spots. You know, obviously with guys like Kenny and Hangman not being in it anymore. And, um, you know, Taylor Tonga, he's, he has a booking that's during the, during the tournament, so he's not going to be in it this year. Michael Elgin is not going to be in it. So, there, there is some room to kind of uh, bring in some new blood into this tournament. And I think, you know, we saw what Osprey could do in the New Japan Cup. Um, so I, having him in the G1 would be incredible. And I think that would help uh, really cement him as being the top candidate to win uh, New Japan Wrestler of the Year. Yeah, definitely. He's... It's been a breakout. It's been a great year for him, and we've said that for quite a long time, really. Yeah. Okay, so um, back on to the rankings here. Next up, we have uh, Bandito with three wins and four losses at six points. On night seven, Bandito defeated Renarita. I rated that three and a quarter. On uh, night eight, we talked about that incredible match of Will Ospreay. I got that four, seven, five. On night nine, he defeated Taguchi. I got that three and a half. And uh, night ten, he lost to Bushi. I got that three and a half. 
What are your overall thoughts been about Bandito? In terms of points-wise, it's been a bit disappointing because I did have Bandido up near the top. In my prediction, I had him... I had it was between him, Fantasma, and Osprey for A block, but he's been not really been picking up that many wins. But in terms of match quality, he's been as good as I expected. You know, I've actually I've kind of been you know outside of the uh, the Osprey match, I've kind of been a little bit disappointed in match quality from Bandito. Um, I just don't know what it is. Maybe it's taking him a while to kind of click, but I feel like in the beginning of the tournament, he wasn't really having – I was kind of expecting him to have blow away, some blow-away matches um, every night, but that hasn't really been the case. He's kind of been sitting in that, like, three-and-a-quarter, three-and-a-half star range and um, really didn't do anything wild until the uh, the Osprey match and the – and we we've hyped up Bandito here on this show just based off what we've seen on him live and in some other promotions. And I don't think he's kind of lived up to the hype the way that we were hyping him up um, until the Osprey match. And also disappointed from a kind of point um, perspective, just like you, because with a- Ambrose kind of our well not Ambrose um, Bandito being such a big um, star in the states now and kind of a top spot with Ring of Honor. Um, you know, I was kind of expecting him to be a little bit better in the points, you know, maybe kind of be where like Yo and Bushi are right now, with like eight points or maybe even 10, but uh, not quite the case. Uh, yeah, definitely, which is, a, which is a shame, but we need to remember he is young. It's his first best as a Super Juniors, and I don't think it will be his last. Right. And, it, you know, I think part of it, too, might just be some of the, the guys he was matched up with. I don't know if there was a, a language barrier or just not used to the style um, in New Japan. Um, but, you know, I, I, still, I still think he can close out having a pretty good tournament. Um, you know, the obviously the Osprey match being the highlight. And I definitely think we'll see him again next year as long as he's still under Ring of Honor contract. I'm not sure how long his – how many years he's signed on with Ring of Honor? Because um, I I know he's he's the guy that AEW wanted, um, and so I wouldn't be surprised to see him in AEW in the future. Uh, yeah, good it would be a great addition to AEW. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Rocky Romero um, with three wins, four losses at six points on night seven. Um, he. Uh, lost to Robbie Eagles, got that uh, three and a half on night eight. Um, he lost to Taguchi, got that three and a half on night nine. He lost or he defeated ELP, I got that at four and a half. And then on night 10, he defeated Doki, I got that at three stars. What have you been thinking about uh, Mr. Apungi 3K man here, Rocky? Rocky has been very surprising seeing it when, when he was first announced for the tournament I thought okay this is someone who hasn't been in the tournament in a while he'll most likely be there to take pinfalls which he has sort of done and but he has had some brilliant matches and we mentioned the match of ELP was in my view probably one of his best singles matches he's had in New Japan New Japan, and he's exceeded all my expectations so far. 
yeah, that, that ELP match really blew me away. And I thought, yeah, that was an excellent matchup. Definitely uh, the best match that I saw from Rocky in uh, New Japan, you know, outside of like his junior tag stuff with like Rapungi Vice and uh, the hooligans and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, uh, like you, when Rocky was um, first uh, announced to this tournament, you know, I wasn't really expecting uh, too much from him. And I was kind of expecting him, him to kind of be there, have some good little matches, be a pin eater. But uh, he's really been a player in this tournament. And they've been telling this whole story of him kind of being that veteran that wants, you know, one more run and kind of prove the naysayers wrong. And that's exactly what he's been doing. Yeah, he's definitely proven everyone wrong. So, wrong, and I think he. Well, he's not. Well, he's clearly not in the. He's not going to be able to make it to the finals, but he has definitely given himself a, a good enough showing to the point where I think I'd be happy to have him in the tournament next year. Right, and I mean he still does have a potential of ending, with um, ten points. We got two more matches left. He's at six, so he could win. He could win two more matches. Like you said, it's not going to get him to the finals, but he could still end this thing with 10 points, which looks pretty good at the end of, end of the day. Yeah, definitely. All right, next up, we got Doki with one win, six losses, um, two points. Uh, night seven, he lost to Bushi, got that 275. Night eight, he lost to Yo, got that three stars. On uh, night nine, he lost to Robbie Eagles, got that three and a quarter. And then on night 10, he lost to Rocky, got that three stars. What are you been thinking about Doki? <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, when I, of course, I, one of my favorite juniors is Desperado. So when I heard he was injured, I was absolutely gutted. So I heard about this Doki, I thought, who is this guy? Think <laughs> this guy, and then I thought, okay, this is someone who hopefully will do okay, maybe get a decent match, but it's not looked good. Yeah, you know, um, this this past week, I I think he's been better and he's been fine. He's been having some average matches. Again, really nothing blow away, but he he was really consistent this week. Um, and like the best match he had this week was um, the the Robbie Eagles match on night nine. Um, but this week, I don't feel like he's done anything that was really too bad. I feel like he's just having some good little matches, you know, nothing out of this world. But, you know, definitely a guy that I, I just don't think he's he belongs in a best of super juniors. I understand it was a last minute replacement. He was the only guy. Uh, they could probably find at the time that could that was in Japan that would you know be willing to kind of do business and get on this big platform. So I get why they went with him, but like he just comes he's like, comes off of a, another jag to me. So yeah, they should have booked John Jervis for the best of Super Junior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would have flown over to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Only beat Renderita, and then that's it. Yeah, <laughs> you take it. <laughs> yeah, they should have should have made a call to um, Uncle Paul and see if we can get Kushida or ACH back. Yeah, or maybe even yeah. <laughs> but we made a call to. Called to Noah, Noah say, can we bow Minotanaka, please? Oh, yeah. 
Heck, we should. They should have just let uh, Caprice Coleman get in there. Oh, <laughs> even a junior, I, I don't even know. I, yeah, I don't think he would be considered a junior, but I would have much rather see Caprice wrestle than uh, Doki. But yeah, it it's is a shame great. for Doki. It is a shame that he's sort of. I guess you could say it's you know this is the first big promotion he's ever been in. So I guess you could, could say it's a bit of say it's stage fright in a way. But he, I think. With this, would you care to see him at all in the future in New Japan at all? Um, honestly, not really, unless he has some like dramatic improvement. I feel like he just, he just has that kind of underground um, indie style that you know he's just kind of like this kind of grimy kind of indie wrestler guy that I I just, I just can't really see him excelling in new japan you know he, he could always just be a, a fall guy in suzuki goon i guess but the way that he currently wrestles i don't think lives up to uh you know the new japan standard yeah i think could pause i'm thinking i think you i think if desperado gets gets bet you know heals up in time he we could have a desperado and dookie team in Junior Tag League had a chance, but apart from that, I don't see Duki really doing much in New Japan in the future. Yeah, I mean, I would much rather just uh, Desperado and uh, Kanemaru in a Junior Tag League than seeing him team with uh, Doki. <laughs> well, there's always Taka. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Taka get a run with a, with a teammate there. Uh, yeah, if, he, if he's healed in time. Yeah, definitely. But well, that's been a shame that Doki's been a disappointment. But not much he can do now, really. Yeah, it's like what's done is done. He's got he's got two more matches, and he'll be out of our lives, hopefully for the uh, foreseeing future. I'm trying to think here. Do you see him picking up any any of those two wins? I know one of them, he's got Osprey and Fantasmo. I'm I'm having this horrible feeling he. Might be Osprey. I don't know why though. <laughs> I, I think he might beat Phantasmo. So I think because um, I don't. I still think it's going to be Osprey and Chingo in the finals. And so, in order for Osprey to win, Phantasmo is going to have to lose one more. And so, I think he's going to lose to uh, Doki on that last night. I could see, uh, I really hope they don't do this, but I think they could have Doki beat both of them. You know, so if like, he beats Osprey, then Osprey has to win his match against Taguchi, and then Doki, in a way, sort of helps him by being Phantasmo. But yeah, that it doesn't look good for Osprey if he loses to this Jag. <laughs> right. I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't look, really look good to anybody. Like, it kind of, I kind of cringe when I think about him beating. ELP is the way that he's been pushing the superstar they've made him. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I mean, that's the only because who does ELP face on uh, the second to last night? Second to last night, ELP is ELP facing. Um, I think is he's facing Rita. I think he's, I think it's Taguchi. Okay. That's right, yeah. Taguchi hasn't faced either Osprey or ELP. 
Yeah, yeah. So two two big matches for Taguchi to try and win. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah a lot of interesting scenarios that could play out um, this coming up week with these B block matches. Yeah. And then last place in the B block, we have Young Lion Ren Narita, um, zero and seven zero points. On uh, night seven, he lost to Bandito, got that three and a quarter. Night eight, he lost to ELP, got that at three stars. On night nine, he lost to Osprey, got that at 3.75. And on night 10, he lost to Taguchi. Um, and we got a, uh, not really a question, but kind of a, a comment here from Reddit user Rambone Slam Pig. He says, not a question, just wanted to comment that Ren Rita has done a great job in the tournament. I don't think I could be more invested in his progress, and I can't wait to see what comes next. Do you kind of share that same thoughts about Narita? Yeah, he's definitely had some good matches. I think his match with Osprey is, in my view, his best match of the tournament so far. So, best match of the tournament, and he's definitely shown he has a he has a bright future. My question is, do you see him going on excursion straight after Best of the Super Juniors? I don't know if it will be straight after, but I mean, if I, if I were New Japan, I I think I would, and I would try and get him on excursion as soon as possible. Um, just to, the experience that he's getting in this tournament and the great matches that he's had in this tournament. I mean, that Osprey match was really great. Um, you know, young lions don't always get a chance to have those kind of matches, and I, I think he's proved that he's ready to be on the kind of the main roster and be having matches with these guys, you know, full time. And so, if I, I mean, he, if I were them, I set him on excursion as soon as possibly can um, and get him primed and ready to uh, come back and get in the mix. Yeah, definitely. He's got. He's got he's got a bright future. That is for certain. Yeah, and I thought that Osprey was uh, so generous with him in their matchup, giving him a lot of offense, and uh, you know there's a lot of great near falls towards the end of that match, and the Cork and crowd was just really buying into um, the fact of Narita possibly picking up an upset, and they really wanted to see him get that upset win, and. He just, he just looked really great in this match and, and this whole tournament. And i just been loving what they've been doing in his matches where he, he kind of hits the uh, the belly of the belly, but he, he fails to get the bridge. So he doesn't get the win. If he got the bridge, he would get the win. He's, he's hitting all these beautiful uh, suplexes out of nowhere, uh, but not able to, you know, top it off with the bridge. Yeah, the – yeah, definitely, without a doubt. <laughs> so that wraps up um, kind of every all the competitors here. We have a question here from a Twitter follower at calf underscore sixty seven. Uh, she wants to know who would you consider the MVP from these specific nights? So night seven to ten, each night, who would the MVP be? I think the MVP is Will Ospreay, without a doubt. Uh, I mean, I think she means like each individual night. So uh, each individual night. Yeah, so like night seven. Night seven, if I'm looking at it from the 
from star point rating, I think it is. I think it's Willows. It's probably either Willows by Oil Phantasmo for night seven. Yeah, I think you can kind of tie Phantasmo and Osprey on night seven. Um, let's look at night eight. Let's see. Um, for night eight, I think Osprey Bandito. Oh yeah, that's the Osprey Bandito match. But there's there's also uh, Shingo and Dragon Lee. That's very hard to pick just one guy there. Um, yeah, personally for me, I would probably you know kind of go with a tie of Osprey Bandito. But depending on which match you like better, you could also kind of go with Shingo. Yeah, without a doubt. And then uh, Night Nine, uh, I think Rocky Romero. That's the MVP yeah. of night nine. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And then uh, night ten. Uh, I think I say show. Yeah, probably show. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, MVP overall. I think it's Will Osprey is probably a, a great selection. Um, he's been having incredible matchups and it's been looking great this whole tournament. Um, but yeah, we'll, we will come up with an MVP of the whole tournament once it's all said and done. Um, and we have a question here from, um, from the Facebook group, uh, from Dan Coffin. He wants to know what has been your favorite, uh, night so far. That's a tough draw. I'm thinking best match of the night was probably, um, let's see. I'm thinking night Eight. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna agree with you there. Night eight was definitely uh, my favorite night out of all these nights. You know, you had the the Shingo Dragon Lee main event. You had the Osprey Bandito match. You had the Show Skrull match, and then uh, the Bushi Robbie Eagles. Match. I mean, everything else was good out under, under those three kind of big matches there. Uh, but then the Cork and Hall crowd was just great this whole week and really great that night. And yeah, the Cork and Hall, Cork and Hall crowd had me energized. Yes, same here. I think if there was any night that was close to being that, I'd say it was probably night one. Yeah, one with that Shingo show and Ishimori Dragon Lee match. But I think night eight had the advantage due to having nothing but block matches. Yeah, I mean these. I don't. I, I know some people thought it might be kind of daunting to have these, you know, full uh, block shows, but I thought they've just been incredible, um, and it's just been really great. I mean, it can be great if you pace it out well. You know, all the matches weren't super long. The, the important matches were, and they still had some very good matches that were, you know, in the ten minute range. And uh, yeah, they just these were great shows. It really easy watches. I feel like the the undercard matches kind of blew by, and then you you got to the main event matches, and you were just kind of blown away. Yeah, definitely. Found out. Yeah, so uh, we only have a, a few more nights of the tournament left. Um, so on um, May 29th, on Wednesday, um, things will pick back up with A block action. It'll be Show versus Teton, Tiger Mask versus Taiji Ishimori, Jonathan Gresham versus Shingo, and Dragon Lee versus Yoshinobu Kanamaru. And then after that, we got uh, May 30th. 
And on that night, we got B-Block action. We'll have Yo taking on Ren Narita, Bandito taking on Robbie Eagles, Rocky Romero taking on Bushi, Osprey taking on Doki, and Taguchi taking on El Fantasmo. Then we have Friday, May 31st, and this will be the A-Block finals. And we will have Tiger Mask versus Teton, Dragon Lee versus Marty Skrull, uh, Show versus Jonathan Gresham, and the big Shingo Takagi versus Taiji Ishimori match. That's going to help determine who's winning that A block. Then we have the B block finals on Monday, June 3rd. And on that B block final night, we will have Rocky Romero against, uh, or we have Rizuka Gucci against Will Ospreay, Rocky Romero against Bandito. Yo versus Robbie Eagles, Ren Narita versus Bushi, and El Fantasmo versus Doki. And then, obviously, the winner of the A block and the B block will meet each other on the uh, Best of Super Junior final show, June 5th, from Ryogoku Hall. We also got uh, Tanahashi versus Jay White on that, on that night, and um, some kind of confrontation between John Moxley and... Um, Juice Robinson. Yeah, definitely. No, the finals looks to be a good, great, looks to be a great show. Wondering if they'll bring in any other title matches during the during the finals. Uh, I don't think so because I mean Dominion is like four days right after the finals, so I'm sure they're gonna want to have some big uh, title matches for Dominion. So I think. You know, we'll get the the junior finals match. We'll get the Tanahashi, Jay White, potentially Mox versus Juice for the U.S. title. And then I think we'll just kind of get a bunch of multi-man matches that will set up Dominion. Yeah, if, if, if you absolutely need to, you could chuck in a six-man tag title defense because... Oh, that's true. Yeah, they could always have a never six-man uh, defense. Um because, yeah, as of right now, we only have uh, three matches announced for Dominion. We know we have the big IWGP Heavyweight Championship match with uh, Kazuchika Okada defending against uh, one of the number one contenders for the AEW world title, Chris Jericho. We also have the IWGP Intercontinental Championship match between Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito, and then the Never Openweight Championship match with uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Taichi. Yeah, Dominion looking like a very good, very good card, and I'll assume we'll probably have all the other titles on the line at that show as well. Right, we uh, we're gonna have the you know the winner, the best of the Super Juniors, the challenging Dragon Lee. I'm guessing there'll probably be a IWGP Heavyweight Tag Title match, maybe God versus maybe Evil Sonata, maybe. Uh, so yeah, it'll be so, very interesting to kind of see how the rest of that card kind of fills out. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's gonna wrap things up for this week. Uh, uh, Muzza, thanks again for uh, filling in for the young boy this week. Uh, on next week's show, I will not be here. I will be on vacation. I will be on a cruise to Alaska. Um, so I think the game plan right now for next week will be uh, Young Boy and Rich Latta. Uh, so I'm hoping that all that works out and uh, we'll be able to give you guys some more 
best of the Super Junior coverage uh, here next week on the show. And, of course, all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice. Um, leaving that rating and review. Uh, make sure you connect with us on social media. On Twitter, I am at Jeremy L. Donovan. Muzza is at MurrayBone44. You can follow the show at KI Strong Style. Also, you can follow us at Social Suplex. On Facebook, we're Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. Also, you can find us in the Wrestling Squared Circle group, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Reddit, I am the pro black guy. Muzza is uh, Muzza underscore 44. Josh is keeping it strong style. You can email me, Jeremy, at socialsuplex.com. Make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland. Every other Wednesday, we have our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling, Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Kay and Chris Bryan. On Thursday, we have NXT, Then, Now, and Forever. On Fridays, we have our new show, Get in the Ring, with Danny and Mike. They're going to be covering some MLW Impact and Ring of Honor. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite with Floyd Johnson Jr. and Amy Euler. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and review. And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Ichiban. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.